Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to another episode. Edition or episode? What do we you usually do say? Edition. edition of DIY Money. Edition's cool because it makes it sound like we're a periodical. There you go. Hey, Daniel. So, wow, we are just, I mean, you're going to cross over that 500 or get, are we close to over or at 500 episodes? I think we're over, whether or not we've done the official 500. Yeah, we'll do the official 500 sometime soon. No idea when that is. It's like a ribbon cutting. Yeah. Yeah. They've been open for six months. Ribbon cutting. We're like, wait a second. I just don't know if people notice that, but we're on like the chamber emails and everything. And like something's open for a year and they're like, we're doing a ribbon Ribbon cutting. Ribbon cutting. Oil change place. I'm like, I've had my oil change there for the last year. I don't understand. Maybe we should do a ribbon cutting. Have we ever done a ribbon cutting? For the podcast? That would be fun. No, for our business. We should just like do a ribbon cut. We should try to do a ribbon cutting. I mean, if, how if, hard is it to cut a ribbon? No, no. Like, call them and be like, "We're doing a ribbon cutting." Do you think anybody, as they showed up and did video and all this other stuff, would look at each other and go, "What are we cutting a ribbon for? Who cares? Just cut it." And we could just do it. The chamber doesn't care. They love ribbon cutting. All right, we're gonna, we, we will publish. Sorry, if chamber we people. In fact, do a ribbon cutting. What do you say we bust up this joint? Huh? Yeah. Hey, Ringo, play something hot, will you? Okay, odds and ends. I'm going to skip them. First of all, we're sponsored by Jewel Financial. J-O-U-L-E financial.com. Visit us on the web. If you are having a complex situation in your life, that sounded like a, a psychological thing. If you have a financial matter and you think you may need some professional help or assistance or guidance, hit us up. Learn more about our wealth development program. That's not what I want to talk about today before we get into our question. There's a lot going on in the world. Mm-hmm. A lot going on in the world. The world has dramatically changed over the last, well, in our world here, just the last few days, by the time this airs, it's going to be a few weeks. These are the environments. I want to be very clear to our investor, young investor population out there. These are the environments that can really derail your long-term financial investing savings plan. Here we are on Thursday, October 12th. Uh, Hamas invaded... Israel on Saturday morning, horrific, uh, you know, photos. I mean, you name it, the video. I mean, it's just an awful situation. Clearly, they're retaliating. They're going to retaliate. You know, who's going to be involved? Are they funded by Iran? What's going to happen with oil markets? Is the U.S. getting involved? What's China going to do? What's Russia saying? Oh, my goodness. It's a terrible situation All around. Clearly, many people, investors, would assume that that is going to just create havoc in the United States stock market. If my email or voicemail or phone conversations I had from Saturday through Monday were any indication, you'd think we'd be down a thousand points in the Dow. Irony is, we've been up. Now, You could account many things. Many people I've heard say, well, there's an old saying, and it is true. The Rothschilds came up, or it so says, that they came up with a term that said, buy the bombs, sell the trumpets, which meant they believed that war was good for markets. There's a lot of indications that say that. However, in this environment, I would argue that when there's global uncertainty, money rushes into 
the United States bond market for safety. It's the safest place in the world at present to hold your capital. When money rushes into the bond market, bonds are in demand and interest rates go down. I'm not going to go through this whole exercise. It's not an economic discussion. But as interest rates go down in our country right now, that's been good for stocks. Interest rates going up have been a headwind, down have been a tailwind. That's been good for stocks. I would argue, my personal opinion, that that is why the market has done well over these few days. My point is this. We're having dialogue with people who are thinking, oh my goodness, this is a time I got to get out, the uncertainty, I don't know what's going to happen, I got to move to the sidelines, I got to change my plan, etc. And I will, I want to warn you that your plan, if you are a long-term investor, is the rest of your life. This is not the first, nor will it be the last major conflict that we go through. It will create some volatility. There's no question about it. More than likely, it will ultimately be some opportunity that will evolve. I'm always a little torn in saying that because it's bittersweet. But nonetheless, I want to caution you that if you have a 401k, your dollar cost averaging, you're investing, you have a Roth IRA, you're on a plan, stick to the plan. Do not allow these current events to sort of change your long-term trajectory and what will happen is is if you go through this and inevitably it will happen in years from now we'll look back we'll know how this transpired what happened etc and you will be pleased that you stuck to the plan at least that's what history suggests that's what history suggests so i just wanted to bring that up because i know we've kind of taken investors through this whole over 500 episodes we've gone through covid we've gone through interest rate you know corrections real estate ups and downs and so forth and so i i just think it's a, appropriate for our longtime listeners to know you know stay the course hang in there make sure you have a well uh, solidified diversified diversified portfolio and i will also say this is this is the the greatness of diversification right mm-hmm. diversification is kind of stunk over the last several years now it's not all that bad to own some you know gold or some emerging markets or some international markets or some different asset classes small caps are doing well and so forth so you know this is why you have a diversified portfolio okay that was our bro talk i apologize to get on that high horse but i just think it's important uh, because at the end of the day we still are professional financial advisors and i think it's important to bring that uh, to our audience okay to the question, Jack from Ohio, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, this is Jack from Cleveland. When everyone discusses averages by age for income and net worth, are they discussing individuals or do we count married couples as one when we look at our averages and where we stand amongst our peer groups? Thanks. Okay, Jack, uh, answer it. Point blank, when they talk about an average, they're talking about an individual average age, net worth, income, etc. It's just an individual. If they are talking about a married couple, they'll talk about a married couple or a joint couple. Or household. A household, exactly. Uh, That's simple, easy question. So why did I use this question on the show if I could answer in 3.5 seconds? Because I don't think you should look at that nonsense. Candidly, I think it's trash. I think if you get kind of looking at that, the average, quite frankly... Unless you read some of these polls and you're like, what? People are making this? I don't understand that. But on average, (laughs) from my uh, anecdotal opinion or view, the average is mediocre. Like, why shoot for average? Why shoot for, or, you know, why why even feel good that you're slightly above average? Because that's usually when I hear somebody quoting averages to me, 
they're looking at it to kind of feel better about their situation because they're above average. And I think to myself, okay, you know, it's kind of the old adage I tell my kids. Do you got to blow out a candle to make yours shine brighter? That's not good. I don't like that. So I don't like these averages. And I mean, yeah, if you want to just, you know, know where people are, which is sometimes pretty scary when you think about most people don't have $2,000 saved and what is it, 75% of the, you know, folks approaching retirement have nothing but Social Security. I mean, some of those are pretty darn scary. But when you're looking at young people or you're looking at the, quote, average median income or I guess I just, whatever, that was redundant, uh, average income or uh, net worth or debt or whatever, what value is that? I don't know. That's all I really wanted to say. What say you, Daniel? Yeah, I would have to translate to your plan somehow. <clears throat> so presumably you've got goals. Um, you've got finances, uh, you've got a trajectory you're on, and in some way, sure, you perform, that's the data that's actually more important to you is whether or not you're on track for what you've set out to do. So if you're intending to later on in life spend more than average or retire sooner than the average or something like that, then you'll need more than the average. However, if you're really content with working longer than average, you might need to save less than average. So it really all depends, and there's no, there's no really good way to utilize that information. Like that's a, an invalid input, I guess. Yes. So it's like, okay, great. So you have a data point now. Where are you plugging that data point into the overall scheme of your personal financial plan? Uh, whether you're engaging a planner to do that plan or you just kind of have something on napkins or Excel sheets or whatever in, in kind of your own realm, uh, that input doesn't go. Like when we do a plan, we don't use that data. At all. No. We go, this person, uh, Joe and Jill, you know, have this sort of uh, goal set out for them. This is the life that they want to live. This is what they have available. This is the income they have available. These are the kids that they have, all of that. And then we craft a plan that is personal to them and what they're trying to accomplish. Nowhere along the line do we then go, well, uh, for the place that you live in, here's the average and median household income. And then this is what you should have net worth. By this age compared to people kind of in your demographic and all like it just doesn't apply because it doesn't tell them whether or not they can live the life that they've chosen to live, which is vastly different from their neighbors most of the time. This is gonna sound like a humble brag, it's really not, but I have never looked at these statistics and used it as a benchmark for my own life, ever. Uh, I don't I don't even know where I guess you could Google them, so I'm not even gonna say I don't know where I could find them. I guess mm-hmm. I could Google them, but sure. I would say it I don't I know people who make very minimal amounts of money and have saved and they're out of debt and they have ample resources for their future retirement. If they were a statistic of how much they make, you'd be like, you know, get a real job. And then the flip side is that would be the person who on the other chart of what their net worth is, you wouldn't equate the two. You'd be like, no way. That's not the same person. So it's, I think it's, it's more about, as Daniel said, I'll just piggyback, it's more about your personal situation and what you want to achieve. It's all about margin. Margin is the magic that creates the net worth. It's how you allocate the margin. There's some basic steps, regardless of whether you're a, you know, surgeon making a half a million dollars a year or you're a mechanic making, well, 
mechanics probably <laughs> making a lot of money. So, or you're a, I don't know, a school teacher, you know, making fifty or sixty thousand. It's all about margin and it's all about lifestyle. And it's really the tagline at the end of our show: live on less than you make and invest the rest. So, hey, take it easy. I know. Look, Jack, I'm not trying to beat you up. I think it was a great question, valid question. But just for our all, all of our listening audience. This is true in whatever, finance, fitness, family, faith, whatever your you know goals and objectives are, you act with the end in mind. What are you trying to achieve? So I had this conversation with my 16-year-old. I said, I'm not, I don't care what you study at, at the university if you choose to go to university, if you choose to go on and get a degree. I, I, don't, I don't care. I, I, I genuinely don't. However, it must align with where you see your life in 10, 15 years. Now, I'm not saying 30 years. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. But I said, if you in 10, 15 years see yourself being able to do the things we've been doing as a family, traveling, enjoying you know, life, going to football games, etc., well, that's going to mean you're going to need some neat means. You're going to need to make some money. And you're then also going to have to have some flexibility. So it's not just about making a lot of money working 100 hours a week. It's it's making good money but also having some flexibility. So as you start to develop what you see your life like or your financial retirement or your fitness goals, you kind of develop that first, then you bring it back. And almost any goal, unless you're just like, I'm going to play in the NBA, I'm telling you right now, I am not going to play in the NBA. My 16-year-old is not going to play in the NBA. So there's certain things that are just stretch goals. They're not sure. they're a little too stretchy. So but realistic things and even if they are somewhat outlandish, you can back it up and you can say okay, these are the steps to get there. There's no statistic for that. There's no survey that's going to say that at all. We're all going to look at those people at the end and we're going to be like, "Man, they did really well. I wonder what they did to get there." Well, Ask them first of all, but second of all, they set a goal, they set the path on the on motion in motion to get there, and then they took the appropriate steps. That's much more important than reading a statistic of what your peers are, where your peers are, and how you fall in relation to your peers. The rest of that's nonsense. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, I mean, I like that uh, they asked us for input on statistics and where this comes from and all that. But I would say read the fine print uh, mm. when you are looking at some of these studies. Obviously, depending on where they're published, they can be skewed to try to show or indicate certain things, whether it's sensational or for a specific purpose or things like that. So a lot of these studies, you can find uh, footnotes or fine print or things like that, and you can read the methodology of who they surveyed, how they aggregated it, things like that. And so uh, when we're whether it's developing content or we're doing research for, say, a financial planning side of things, um, in, in order to better kind of understand... Uh, data and stuff like that, we will dive into where that data come from, how it was composed, and whether or not it's really reliable and uh, tells us anything about, say, economics or demographics or things like that. So just something to keep in mind. All right, Jack, great question. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. All he did was sent us an audio file to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make, regardless of what you're making. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.